1: And it was very loud explosion, followed by flames, and it looks like the building is still on fire on the inside.
0: Um, which building are we talking about, the one that's westernmost? Um,
1: let's see. Yes, sir.
0: Did you hear the explosion oh, from yes. your position? Yes,
1: we did. As a matter of fact, we we heard it, and because and, I was just like standing there pretty much looking out the window, I didn't see what caused it or if there was an impact.
0: So you have no idea, right, right oh, now.
1: Oh, there's another one! Another plane just hit. <gasps> right? Oh, oh my God! Another plane has just hit. It hit another building. Oh. Flew right into the middle of it. <gasps> Explosion. So my God! It's right in the middle of the building.
2: This one into the East Tower.
1: Yes. Yes. Right in the middle of the building.
0: Some of the sounds of September 11, 2001, 22 years ago. Um. I was in D.C. on September 11, 2001. I will share that story. I will also do what I think is necessary, which is the reminder. There are people who are going to go about today like it's just a day and it isn't. If you remember where you were for the Space Shuttle's Challenger explosion, if you remember where you were, if you are of an age when JFK was killed, but yet somehow this is a day that, you know, some people did something and you're just going to move about your business. Maybe, uh, maybe there's a good sale at a local store. Uh, the level to which it, you're, you're doing it wrong Cannot be fully explained. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. 22 years since September 11th, 2001. We remember, as do you. I am going to get to much more uh, about this coming up in a little bit. But this trip to China by Biden, a lot of people talking about it because Biden is not going to be in New York or D.C. for remembrances. For memorials, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis is in New York. I do not, I don't know where Trump is. I, I don't, I didn't even check to look because it 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 seemed to me that it, it didn't matter if Biden was there. It just, it just, it just didn't. He, it's not like the day has been forgotten by him. He's in Alaska. Why is he in Alaska? Because he was in Vietnam. And the Vietnam trip went, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Very poorly. And the reason for that, the reason it went very poorly is because Joe Biden
1: said this. In the light. For, and uh, let's see I'm just following my orders here I have a game plan he may have a game plan he just hasn't shared it with me but I tell you what I don't know about you but I'm going to go to bed
0: well of course you are night night gramps night night pop pop sleep good Maybe tomorrow we'll throw around the baseball. By the way, the video of Bernie Sanders is the most. If you're the Biden team, you are upset with the Sanders video. Bernie Sanders is playing baseball with his grandson. Ah, uh, yeah. He's a commie and he's got a commie grandkid. Wait, I don't know the grandkid at all. Who am I? Who am I say Might be a lovely child. He's a child. He's playing baseball with his grandson. Good on him. And, and, and Bernie's pitching. And Bernie throws, he's got a mitt on the left hand, he's a righty, he throws, the kid hits the ball, I don't know, the kid's maybe about 10, and Bernie, as if he had done it his whole life, just sticks at his left hand and catches I mean, the kid hit, a, hit it like a rocket, boom, caught it, perfect mechanics, the kid was so upset, his grandfather <laughs> caught the caught the ball coming back at him. But Bernie Sanders, at his age, more vital and more prepared than Joe Biden. I think that video is crushing to Joe Biden and Joe Biden's team. But nothing beats I'm going to bed. Nothing beats this.
1: But I tell you what, I don't know about you,
0: but I'm going to go to bed. It's destructive. It is destructive. And I have people who want to tell me that this was this isn't the worst thing in the world. This actually happened. I was on Fox over the weekend, and this subject came up. I'm going to try and get to it. But he actually said this in front of reporters. I'm going to go to bed. It wasn't his only bad moment. I mean, this is how the press conference... In Hanoi, ended.
1: We talked about, we talked about at the conference overall, we talked about stability, we talked about making sure that the third world, the, uh, excuse me, third world, the, uh, the, the, uh, the southern hemisphere had access to change it, had access, to, we, it wasn't confrontational at all. Came thank, thank you,
3: everybody. This ends the press that, conference. That, Thanks, everyone. Thank you.
1: Thank you. with every person I met with. Mr. I
0: don't know about you, but I like jazz. Jazz is pretty good. He starts rambling and rambling, and the voice of God comes over the loudspeaker. Thank you,
3: everybody. This ends the press conference. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you, everybody. This ends the press conference. He's answering a question. But he is so lost. So lost. Remember, he knows that he can say things. He, he knows some of the subjects. But he gets into a place of rambling and loses himself. That is what is remembered from the, from his trip to Vietnam. Now people are like, yeah, he is really old. Wait a second. Why was he in Vietnam That's a very, very good question. And a lot of people have asked this question. If he's going to Vietnam because he wants to strengthen ties with Vietnam and make sure that they are more Western looking than um, Eastern looking, right, is Vietnam going to look towards China? Well, you want to contain China and you want Vietnam on your side. Aren't they a communist nation? Yes, but that's what they're going to say. And you want to be able to have the relationship. Okay, why would you go now right before September 11th? Yes, that's weird. He didn't have to go now. He could have gone any time. I think the reason people are discussing why Biden isn't in New York or D.C. is because the trip to Vietnam in and of itself didn't have to happen when it did. It was just odd and peculiar that, uh, that he did it. But uh, the objective was to um, further the global ties, uh, further the, the ties between the two nations, further global stability, because, of course, you know, there's the issue of China. Fascinating little story about China. CBS News did a poll. They put it in their, in their uh, news brief this morning, CBS This Morning. It was part of a package, right? You know how they record these things and, and produce these things. Listen to this. The trip began Friday in India and was seen as a way to continue building a network of allies to pressure China to play by international rules.
1: Uh, I am sincere about getting the relationship right.
0: But a new CBS News poll finds 57% of Americans believe the president's being too easy on China. He said being tough isn't the solution.
1: We're not looking to hurt China. Uh, Sincerely. We're all better off if China does well.
0: We're not better off if China does does well. But just just a moment. 57% of Americans think Biden's too easy on China? I'm not saying no. I'm asking a different question. When did this come up? This isn't the election. This isn't a conversation about the border. I will admit to you that the China conversations have not been front and center for Republicans either. Certainly there's the conversation about not trusting the Communist Party. But there has been no extended messaging from the Republican Party, on this. We talk about because we talk about everything. Americans are talking about this? Americans are talking about this? Oh, my. That's interesting. That is interesting that out of the blue, this story could come up. I, I, I was surprised because that number sucks for Biden like that's just a, and it comes out of left field if if you're that comms team you're like shut up huh and then you're 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 trying not to scream because it might wake Joe from his nap what a what an out of the blue in in my view punch in the face that's rough that is rough. And we've already seen the polling numbers that shows Trump beating Biden head-to-head, DeSantis tying Biden head-to-head, Nikki Haley beating Biden by the largest amount, 49-43 head-to-head, Pence beats Biden, Christie beats Biden, everyone except Vivek Ramaswamy beats Biden. By the way, Ramaswamy still in third place in the national polling, getting 5% in the Rasmussen poll. And um, 9% in the TIPP poll. These are weird numbers. The Rasmussen poll right here um, shows 45 Trump, 9% DeSantis. This is the, the first poll in eight that has Trump under 50%. And the first poll in nine, that has DeSantis below double digits. But third place in that poll, Chris Christie at 9%, tying DeSantis. Haley in fourth place was 7%. Then Ramaswamy, then Pence and Scott. Then there is the TIPP poll. Tip Insights. In this poll, right here, wait a second, where is, there it is. Trump 60, DeSantis 11, Ramaswamy 9, Pence 6. The problem with this poll, margin of error of 4.4%. Sorry, I am not going to pay any attention to it. 509 Republican voters, nope. This is not a big enough sample. That is too big of a margin of error. I don't actually have the data on. Oh, oh, sorry. Um I have the margin of error on the uh Rasmussen poll of 3%, 1418 likely Republican primary voters. Ra- uh, Trump 45, DeSantis 9, Haley 7, Christie 9. Yeah, you could do more with that. It's just some fascinating numbers that, that, that are, are coming out. Certainly going to get a lot of play. But that number about China, I think, is is really incredible because it does come a, a bit, a bit uh, far afield. Comes a bit out of left field for sure. But no one's going to be talking about that. No one's going to be talking about the relationship that Biden's trying to build with Vietnam to further isolate China. No. They're going to be talking about the fact that this man is outrageously old. I'm going to bed? Huh. Well, that's um, comforting to Americans. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. Disney and Charter. And the cable blackout. Tony Katz. Tony Katz say it seems like everybody's having an issue. Is it all like direct TV stuff? I don't I don't have direct TV. I don't have cable. I, I literally have a digital antenna if I want to watch football. I think I think I have the YouTube thing. Right yeah, the, the the Sunday ticket thing. I think I do think I have that. Yeah, I think I bought it when when uh, my co host for Eat Drink Smoke Fingers Malloy. We got it for him because he's obsessed. So I I thought I got... Maybe I didn't. But, like, you can't watch anything, it seems like, on DirecTV lately. This is blocked out. That's blocked out. I I don't know how any of it works. The terms uh, include a discounted wholesale price for subscribers for Disney streaming services. And an increase in subscriber fees paid to Disney. Okay, I'm not going to worry too much about whether or not Disney's making money. I mean, uh, I'm not a stockholder. (laughs) You know, maybe as a stockholder, I'd be concerned more. I am, however, amazed at this one. Smuckers is going to buy Hostess brands for $5.6 billion. That's a big Twinkie. That's a big Twinkie hostess twinkie people that's a huge huge buy so there have been a lot of of movement and we we were discussing this on the, on my morning show is this a hey you know this is the market right now and and some people who are have been sitting on cash this is a great opportunity for them to expand some people it's a great opportunity to to get out and maybe Um, with everything that happened with COVID, this is uh, the right uh, time. Um, Smucker's Purchase uh, is uh, about a lot of these companies looking for growth as the COVID pandemic gains slip away. Everybody was at home. Everybody was cooking at home. People weren't eating out, so there was a move. Campbell's bought Rao's pasta sauce. They actually bought the owner, Sovos Brands. Rao's famous Italian uh, eatery. In uh, in in Manhattan, they bought Sobos for two point seven billion. M and M's, which is owned by Mars, bought Kevin's Natural Foods in July. So there's an opportunity to hey, are we going to grow in this space? Are we going to control this space, or not? And so you you see these these things happen. I'm curious as to how the how the people in um, who own those stocks kind of see it. I gotta assume they see it good. As a matter of fact, the Dow right now is up 58. The NASDAQ is up 88. And a little bit of that could be, you know, both, both this buy and and the Disney move. Because for these, for these carriers, right? When when if if you're somebody who has a favorite team and football season starts and you can't see the game, and you don't get to Well, what's the point of this? Why do I have this cable carrier? Why do I have Direct TV? Why do I have any? Forget this. I don't need this. I'm gone. Goodbye. And you're gone for forever. Because I don't know if you have tried switching cable companies recently. Um, it sounds like it sucks. I'm not switching. Uh, what I'm doing is uh, we're getting ready to add on to the house, right? I'm building out a new studio, building it onto the house. I want to be able to smoke cigars in the studio. I want stuff for for Eat Drink Smoke, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. For what I do, more video, uh, TV stuff, uh got some ideas, and and I I unless I can go buy a building. And I'm not doing that right now, this is this is how I'm doing it. So I'm I'm not changing cable companies. I just have to have the cable moved. I am lamenting that more than anything in my life. Cause you it's I just I don't know, even making the phone call sounds horrible. Just sounds, it's just a phone call. It sounds dreadful. You can do it online. You know it's not going to work online. You know I'm going to wait on hold. You know I'm going to have to press one, then press three, then press representative. Then you know you can't press that, you have to say that. Then you have to scream it, but if you scream it too loud, the whole system goes to hell. And then when I finally get to somebody, we'll get disconnected, I'll have to start again. I'm not looking forward to this. But changing cable companies? Ugh People would rather have dental work. They'd rather go through TSA twice. But once they're gone, they're gone. Once they're gone, they're gone. Gone. So good on the on, on charter for getting that worked out. The governor of New Mexico. Thinks that your Second Amendment rights aren't very important. As a matter of fact, she doesn't even believe her oath of office is very important. I speak with Guy Ralford. He is the gun guy, Second Amendment lawyer, and the man behind uh, the 2A Project, 2AProject.com, about what the governor tried to do to gun rights and why it matters. I'm Tony Katz. We have seen many a person attempt to violate the Constitution of the United States. It's um, almost become like a a game. You know, we certainly see people try and violate the the word of of the Supreme Court. You can't have any more moratoriums on evictions. Well, let's just keep it going, said uh, Joe Biden. You can't pay off people's student loan debt. Well, let's just try it, said Joe Biden. It happens again and again, and then you see other things kind of happen, the idea of Just, well, seeing what you can get away with. Is that what we're really seeing in New Mexico? Is that the story here? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. This was the headline. New Mexico governor orders suspension of open and concealed carry of guns in Albuquerque. What in the bloody, bloody heck is she talking about let me bring in guy relford he is a second amendment attorney by trade relford law is where you find him and and guy i, I want to just start with exactly what she said i i have uh the, the, this video it's sometimes a little hard to hear but it, it's it's what i have where she's explaining this is governor michelle lujan Grisham, democrat from new mexico explaining why she has the right to suspend open and concealed carry because, as she says it, no right is absolute. Listen. With one exception, and that
3: is if there's an emergency, and I've declared an emergency for a temporary amount of time, I can invoke additional powers. No constitutional right, in my view, including my oath, is intended to be absolute There are restrictions on free speech. There are restrictions on my freedoms. In this emergency, this 11-year-old and all these parents who have lost all these children, they deserve my attention to have the debate about whether or not in an emergency we can create a safer environment. Because what about their constitutional rights? I took an oath to uphold those, two, And if we ignore this growing problem without being bold, I've said to every other New Mexican, your rights are subrogated to theirs. And they are not, in my view.
0: That is a pretty remarkable thing to hear, Guy Ralford, that my oath is not absolute. Uh, but the Constitution is, correct? Uh, well,
2: yeah. Yeah, it is shocking. And, uh, you know, I've been talking about this quite a bit on social media. But, you know, she she has uh, one thing more or less correct. She says constitutional rights are not absolute. And you hear a lot of politicians uh, quote the language even out of the Heller decision uh, that found that there is an individual right to bear arms protected by the Second Amendment. And Justice Scalia, in that opinion, said, you know, our our, our opinion here. Uh, finding there's an individual right to bear arms should should not be taken to mean that that right is completely unrestricted. And long-held uh, limitations, long-upheld uh, uh, limitations on the right to bear arms uh, are not set aside by this opinion. And so politicians like this governor will seize on that language and basically try to argue, as she just did, that because a right is not completely unrestricted, that I can impose whatever restrictions I want. And that's not how that works. Point just last June from the Supreme Court in the Bruin decision. And in Bruin, it said, listen, whether a particular limitation on a right is constitutional or not is determined by the text of the constitutional freedom we're talking about. In other words, what do the words mean? What does it protect? And then secondly, it does the proposed restriction is that consistent with the long history and tradition of the regulation of this right in this country, going all the way back to the founding and before? And in that same Bruin decision, Tony, as you well know, because we've talked about it and you've talked about it independently, that the Bruin Court in, uh, in this at the Supreme Court said specifically that that the right to bear arms, that is to carry a firearm outside the home, is a fundamental right protected by the Second Amendment, and that the text history and tradition test um, that handed down in Bruin applied to the issue of whether you can carry a gun in public very, very, very clearly and this was a 6-3 to opinion uh, comes out uh, in favor of the right to bear arms outside the home so we just had the Supreme Court last June, barely a year ago, come out and say the right to bear arms outside the home is protected and a proposed restriction on it is unconstitutional and even New York's licensing system that allowed some people to carry a handgun and other people not right. under a discretionary licensing system was unconstitutional. How in the world, where where a limitation that said only some people not having the ability to carry guns outside the home was unconstitutional? Does she think this governor think that she can give, get away with a total ban on carrying firearms? It's ludicrous. If you, if you have any understanding well, of what the Supreme Court said on this issue.
0: Let's take a moment. I mean, this was how CNN uh, reported it, um, that the emergency order includes the suspension of open and concealed carry laws in Albuquerque and I think it's Bernalillo County temporarily banning the carrying of guns on public property with certain exceptions according uh, to the statement. And she refers to it as a public health emergency. It reminds me of the Clint Eastwood movie where you had to give up your guns when you walked into town. Uh, I don't know if it was Unforgiven. Was, was that that it i think i think i got it right gene hackman yeah unforgiven um uh the 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 i think the story here that kind of got people that kind of shocked people was the idea of public health emergency i had uh congressman ted Lieu, who is a progressives progressive i had david hogg who is this manufactured celebrity uh in the anti-gun movement both saying a public uh health uh measure or a public health emergency doesn't strip away the Constitution, doesn't, uh, you know, uh, uh, supersede the Constitution, which is weird because they totally thought that way vis-a-vis COVID, but now all of a sudden they don't. They happen to be correct. Uh, is the public health emergency just the new way to uh, to, to try and get someone's uh, desires, sec- anti-Second Amendment desires uh, accomplished?
2: well it is it's a it's an attempted way around not being able to get legislation passed that restricts our second amendment rights so executives and the executive branch including through their health departments have said ah we'll just issue emergency orders um under a, a an alleged public health emergency uh but one thing's been very clear and we had courts all over the country rule this way in the context of COVID, tony that you brought up which is for instance um, where where the government tried to say you couldn't go to the, the church uh, or synagogue or other place of worship of your choice to worship during COVID. We had courts all over the country strike those restrictions down to say, no, I'm sorry, the free exercise of religion is the free exercise of religion. And and let's face it. I mean, if, if the government can, can suspend the Constitution in any the, in, in the emergency to re- curtail your rights, the government will create an emergency in order to curtail your rights. That's not how the constitution works. The constitution doesn't say unless there's an emergency the right to bear arms shall be shall not be infringed and and so it doesn't work that way you can't just say oh emergency the constitution doesn't exist anymore the constitution was was meant to to be enforced even in an emergency
0: so let's let's go back to something cuz cuz you know i i often when i refer to the second amendment i'm not a a gun guy talking to guy relford relfordlaw.com second amendment attorney host of the gun guy show on 93.1 fm wibc uh, he's written books uh, about firearms he trains people on, on firearms and I am very clear to admit that I am not a gun guy. I'm a Second Amendment guy. I'm not a gun guy. These are fundamentally different things. You are, are a Second Amendment guy and a gun guy. Trained uh, lawyer a- as you are. When we talk about rights, right, the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, as the Second Amendment says, that sounds like something that is absolute. But we were discussing, and you were mentioning earlier, that rights are not necessarily absolute. How do you answer that question when asked? Are rights absolute?
2: Well, uh, in my heart of hearts, Tony, I say the rights are 100% absolute. And, and when the Constitution and the Second Amendment says specifically the right to bear arms shall not be infringed, then that's what the founders meant. However, the Supreme Court disagrees with me on that point, and that's the law of the land. And as an attorney, um, I'm I'm being misguided, and I'm not being true to my 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 clients um, if I don't direct people toward what the state of the law is today. And the and the and the the unmistakable truth is the Supreme Court, as Justice Scalia said in the Heller decision, has said that the right to bear arms is not unrestricted, completely, and totally. For instance. Um, If we went to court tomorrow and challenged the restriction that said a violent felon cannot possess a firearm under state or federal law, we would lose that appeal. And if our argument was, oh, no, the Second Amendment is absolute, which, again, in my heart of heart, I believe to be true, the courts disagree with me. The Supreme Court has disagreed with me. The Indiana courts have disagreed with me on that point. They say, no, violent felons, violent criminals have long been Restricted or prohibited from carrying firearms in this country, going all the way back to the founding and before, including in your under English law. Therefore, that's a restriction that survives a constitutional challenge. So, so while I believe constitutional rights are absolute, not just the Second Amendment, but others as well, um, the courts have clearly disagreed with me on that point, and that's the state of the law
0: today. So we, we've we've taken a look at what's happening there in in new mexico people are already rallying carrying their firearms are not going to pay any attention to this that the governor is completely out of her tree uh, this idea that somehow an oath is not absolute and uh, she owes it to the people to try and save them by restricting uh pe- people's rights uh, the nra has come out against us others have come out against this does this even require lawsuits, even though I know they've already taken place, or is this the kind of thing where the Supreme Court could just look at it, and I don't know who oversees things in, in New Mexico, that actually be a, a more of like the circuit courts, uh, but someone could say, yeah, this ain't going to fly. Does the Supreme Court act proactively here, or are they going to wait for something to come to them?
2: Yeah, they've got to wait for something to come to them. It's just the way the system works, but a lower court can, can issue uh, a, a preliminary injunction very, very quickly. Um, and I anticipate that happening, uh, depending, of, of course, on what court we're talking about. But um, the but, but Supreme Court really can't just weigh in, even uh, with something as egregious as this, because this is clear, again, anybody who reads the Bruin decision that just came down last June um, and, and thinks that this is constitutional is crazy. And the idea that an emergency somehow validates it uh, just, doesn't, just doesn't hold true for anybody who's looked at this area of the law.
0: Which brings us to why in the world she would do it. Look, as far as I'm concerned, progressives believe things that I don't believe, and some progressives get very radical, and when your ideology supplants your humanity, it will supplant all things, and you believe because you want something to be true or you want something to happen, you can go about doing it and damn the rest. This is one of those things that you knew that the pushback would be immediate. And it made me wonder, especially when I saw Representative Ted Lieu, when I saw David Hogg, with literally the, almost the same response about public health emergencies, I said, that's weird. Like, they're on the same page. So here's my question to you. Go full conspiracy theory with me, Guy Ralford. Full on tinfoil hat. Is this a test balloon? Is this a way of saying, hey, exactly what could we get away with here? We got away with it with COVID, and we locked people down, and we closed businesses, and we closed churches. What can we get away with here? And is that even a rational point of view? Well, I could see
2: someone, uh, you know, on a, on a broader scale interested in gun control, uh, like the Brady campaign or, uh, you know, Moms Demand Action or one of the other Bloomberg groups. Um, and I could see a group like that saying, hey, yeah, let's run a test here. Uh, because they've been talking about regulating firearms under a, a declared public health emergency for a long time. We, we've heard that discussed uh, right here in, in, in central Indiana in Mary County. Uh, we've heard it discussed all over the country to say, hmm, yeah, look what we did get away with in the context of COVID. Why don't we direct this at the Second Amendment? Because we can't get anything like a so-called assault weapons ban through the legislature. And uh, so it, it could be that. But but my immediate reaction Tony, while that could very well still be true, um, it may also be true that in in the shorter term, she just thinks this is a way uh, to get votes in her next election. Just like we had, and it's it's a perfect analog, just like we had the mayor of Indianapolis say he's going to completely ban the concealed carry of firearms in Marion County. Licenses notwithstanding, state law notwithstanding, he wants to ban it completely. Both the Republican and the Democrat here in Marion County say they want to roll back constitutional care. Why did they do any of that? Because they think it gets them votes in the next election. I think they're wrong, particularly with respect to the Republican. He's incredibly wrong, and he's about to be educated rather emphatically on that point uh, in in the election. Having said that, I think this is just pandering to a base uh, that they think earns them votes at the end of the day. However, whether that's true or not, If this is successful in Albuquerque slash New Mexico, you can definitely expect to see it pop up all over the country, including right here in Marion County. I absolutely believe that to be
0: true. I'm not conspiratorial at all. I just think that with these people, everything is possible. Guy Ralford, RalfordLaw.com, 2AProject.com. Check it out for yourself. 2, number 2, letter A, 2AProject.com. I've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. I'm going to get more into this uh, tomorrow. is 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 my hope, and then I'm I'm actually at a radio conference for uh, a couple of days. This teachers union boss, this Stacey Davis Gates, who heads up the Chicago Teachers Union, denounces school choice as racist. Black woman says school choice is racist, and sends one of her kids to private school. Ah. Oh. It's, it's be it's beyond a story of hypocrisy just so we're aware Tony Katz, Tony Katz today find everything at tonycats.com it is hate I was on uh, Fox over the weekend and this was one of the subjects we were supposed to get to we we never got to it I, I'm gonna I don't even know if I'm gonna get to the to the Fox hit today because it was it was it was really good it, in terms of I, I I heard something from uh the the lefty there on the panel that was so Stunning and an absolute embrace of the idea of government price fixing. I I couldn't believe it. Like they thought it was a gotcha moment. I'm like, are you nuts? Are you listening to yourself? I will share that with you. But I thought we were going to be talking about this. It was one of the things on the uh, agenda. This is about hate. These people who run the unions, who tell you that public school is the only thing that matters and we have to support these teachers and you have to do this, you have to do that and you can't take money out of the public school system to support these private rich kids and it's white supremacy if you support private schools. That is about hating black moms who want the best for their kids. Trying to pressure them saying don't send your kid to the school that you want to send them to that's better for their aptitudes, that's better for their future, that won't get them killed right because of the neighborhood this that and the other do what we tell you to do otherwise you're a traitor that's disgusting stuff that is hate that's where these unions are and that's why i say break the unions into break them she's going to tell you that sending your kid to private school is racist and bigoted and and she does the same that's hate stop listening to these unions end the unions end their power Let's do it now. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.